0: See, Hey everybody, welcome to tonight's live chat slash podcast. Today we're going to talk all things bike, one of my favorite topics. And some of the things that we're going to cover, we're basically going to try and cover everything. But if you have questions that aren't related to biking, that's okay. Just post them in the comments. We're on Twitter, we're on Facebook and we're on Instagram tonight, all live. So this is awesome. And if you're taking the time on Labor Day to listen, I'm so grateful if you're listening to this as a replay, I'm also grateful. Stay on till the end, guys, because I'm going to give away two World Championship Kona Trucker hats. Okay, two of these. They are the official ones that you get if you qualify for the World Champs. Um, they were a couple of years back now, but I'm going to give them away. So going to talk about all things bike. We're going to talk about gear and equipment and setup. We're going to talk about um, bike fit, pedal stroke, We're going to talk about technique as well as cadence, and we're going to talk about key bike workouts and lots more. So if you're joining me, type in the chat for me, please, so I can see you. And I know it's Labor Day, so I know that there'll be a lot of people joining me afterwards because I understand that everybody's probably with their families or doing something fun. I did fun stuff. I'm at the ranch with our We Rescue Horses, so I'm at the ranch having fun still, but I understand if you're not able to tune in, you're watching on replay, but I think this is going to be a really good um, live chat podcast because I think it's really important. We're also going to touch on road bike versus time trial bikes. I had a question about that today as well. Okay, first of all, we're going to talk about gear and equipment. Now, of course, when that comes into play, we're going to talk about time trial bike versus road bike um of course the time trial bike is going to be a lot faster a lot more comfortable if you get a good bike fit and a good bike setup we work with Ivan O'Gorman here he does retool bike fits he's amazing but I do recommend hi Rebecca how are you I do recommend getting a proper bike fit and there's a lot of things that you can look at when it comes to bike fit but we'll go after first of all I'm going to talk about equipment so this is one of my favorite helmets. Now, you can choose to do this with a visor or no visor. The visor is slightly more aero, but the problem is with a shield, sorry, with a shield, is that you can more likely to overheat. So if it's a really hot race and you're wearing the shield, even though it might save you two two or three watts, I don't think it's going to be more than that, um, you can really overheat. So I prefer to wear my beautiful Rudy Project, these are my favorite, spin shields, because they stop the wind getting in the sides um, of your face as well, so you don't get watering eyes. I wear those with the Rudy Project Boost. This is the Boost. There's a lot more um, versions above this. This is an older one, but this is this can save you a, probably, I would say, around five watts. Don't quote me, okay? Um, the glasses, not going to save you a lot of watts, but obviously you need to wear glasses while you're on the bike. Um The biggest thing is is position, is aero position before anything else. And, of course, time trial bike versus road bike. Now, the time trial bike is obviously going to be a lot faster if you get a good fit, which we're going to go on about next. Um, Shoes, bike shoes. Now, obviously, wearing running shoes on the top of your pedals is not going to be very good for power. These are a bit trash, but these are my favourite. These are Bont cycling shoes. And as you can see, the tongue it actually does up away from the chain. So if the tongue was coming the other way, it would flap into the chain. So these are on the outside. Velcro is a great option. I don't usually touch that one. I had this one open. And the good thing about this is if you can see here, now you guys that can't see, there's a little flap um, with a divot so that it doesn't pull through. So this is not going to pull through. That's what I love about bot. It's not going to pull through when you put your shoe on. We used to do little bobby pins at the end of our um, tongues of our bike shoes so it didn't fall through, but Bont have made this little, um, I guess it's like a little caveat so that you can, it stops um, a little, sorry, divot, so it stops your, uh, your strap going through and doesn't fall out when you try to put your shoe in. So I have my shoe clicked in. Clicked in is way faster. Here's another one. Um, this is Shimano. I think it's Shimano. Um, so this is one of the, another shoe that uh, was my second favorite. I don't like it quite as much, but it is a little bit more aerated. It has a bit more aeration in it. Again, I, again, I have my shoe clicked in, um, and they're my favorite SPD pedals. Um, sorry, speed play pedals at the bottom there. You can see if you want a little more movement, they're better than look because they give you a bit more float. So it helps with knees and stuff like that. So Bont shoes though, they're my faves and we get 30% off. Okay. Bont cycling shoes. They're um, cooler and, um, as in, like temperature-wise, and um, I love them because they make triathlon-specific ones so that you just have that big strap. I don't like the turning strap um, where it does the the twisting one with the laces type thing um, because I feel like it's hard to get your feet in and out. But clicking onto your bike shoes is going to be faster for transition always. Running in your bike shoes is always going to be slower and the best way to practice is just to have Karen Peterson, I hope you're listening, <laughs> hi Karen, is to have your bike shoes clicked in to your bike and just practice all the time. And the biggest thing I give you is jump on the bike and keep pedaling, get out of transition. Someone argue with me that, oh, it's going to cause a lot of um, stoppage and um, crashes in transition, but it actually is worse when you are trying to click your shoe in because you're stopped trying to get it in. When they're on top of the pedal and you can ride out 100 metres away from transition and then get your foot in, you would pedal, 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 get some speed, keep looking up and just use your finger to guide you down to your shoe. Put your foot in and then pedal, pedal, pedal and get the other foot in and then strap done up straight away. So I would say put them on top, pedal with your feet on top, pedal out of transition, get out of the way rather than having them on your feet running out of transition and trying to click your shoe in. Um, when there's all these other people trying to get on their bike, it's just way more um, of a catastrophe um, and way more of an opportunity to have like a disastrous transition if you're trying to click your foot in while everybody else um, is around you when you just run your bike out of transition. I say jump on it, keep the feet clicked into the shoes, your shoes clicked into the pedals, ride out and do that. Okay, so the Aero Helmet I also recommend is, is, is definitely going to save you a few watts. There are some aero helmets, and I I talked about that just before. This has really good ventilation. This is why I like the Boost Rudy Project. We also get 40% off, which is insane. Yes, that's a sponsored plug, but we get 40% off for all Team Series Tri Club members, and we get 40% off sunglasses. The spin shields are my favourite because they cover your whole face, also stop you from getting sunburned, stop the wind getting in. So good for if it's raining um, in a race, but they're just really good protection for your face for the bike and the run. So I recommend that, and again, amazing discount, but I do think Rudy Project's the best. When you have an aero helmet, make sure you have aeration and do not choose a black helmet when you're riding outside and it's 100 degrees and it's humid and hot. Choose white. I see athletes of mine training in black and I'm like, what are you doing? It absorbs the sun. It absorbs the heat. Okay. So wear white. You want to wear light colors. Same with the helmet. You definitely need either a reflective silver or a white. Black is the worst option in the heat for... Let me just let my dog out one sec, guys. <laughs> yep. That's my puppy. Um, black is the worst option for the heat. Same with race kits. You do not want to wear a black race kit. You want a light kit, um, something that reflects the sun rather than absorbs the heat. Okay. What else to do with bike equipment? Okay. So so road bike versus time trial bike. Now, obviously a time trial bike is going to be much faster, not just because of the aerodynamics, but because of the comfort, because it's very hard to get comfortable on a road bike. You can somewhat, but you are going to save a lot of energy and you're going to go faster on a time trial bike. But the biggest thing is you want to make sure that you have really, really, really good bike fit. Hi, Siri, how are you? Siri, do you want to type in your key things for bike fit um, or the difference between an aero and a road bike? Now, road bikes are okay for shorter stuff if you're not quite used to a handling of a time trial bike, but you have to practice handling um, on your time trial bikes. It can be very different to handling a road bike, but I do recommend if you are doing 7.3 or Ironman, especially Ironman, you definitely need to invest in a time trial bike and you do not need both. Sell your road bike, buy a time trial bike or um, just buy a time trial bike straight up, okay, because it is going to be faster, more comfortable and then book yourself in for a really good bike fit. Now, Becky, my amazing Becky assistant is going to show here a video of um, one of our former athletes because I don't have one of our current ones yet. So sorry, Siri, about that but i just want to show uh the bike setup for one of the top pros here so we have a trek and i know that becky maybe i'll be able to do it becky here we go um here we go listen really really quickly for ellie's bike setup i love this torpedo setup here for her bottle cage stars and arrows the pads are spaced quite wide for you know comfort for her shoulders and thoracic um a pretty good drop here for aerodynamics but all for comfort as well she's right on that bottom bracket which is perfect for her um beautiful setup here really comfortable slight angle here for um comfort and her fingers will end right there at the end of her bars and really cool position there for her computer. Love it beautiful beautiful setup shimano pedals SRAM cranks Look, uh sram red here um, Derailer, and I think that's a might be a strength set Beautiful. Beautiful. Thanks, Becky. Thank Montrega, Montrega pouch, excellent torpedo setup there. Is yeah. wahoo. That's Why you? Okay. Thanks, Becky. Now the reason I wanted to play that, you guys, was to talk about setup, so I could just show you really quickly how it looks. Um, the big thing is that I've found with most people is seat height, seat position, and of course, cockpit position. Now, I know that some people can get really sore shoulders, tight chest. They can feel like there's a lot of weight on their upper body, especially newbies on their chest, their shoulders. When you saw it there, you saw that um, the pads for that pro were set. Um, they were set pretty far apart. And the broader the shoulders or the newer you are, I first, I recommend having your, your shoulders sitting um as wide as you can to make it still comfortable but not too aero because as soon as you pinch your elbows in and have your elbow pads too close, that closes off your chest area and it can cause a lot of pain in your shoulders. You also need to remember um, that you want your pads dead flat and you can have your bars slightly tilted up like she was with the, the, the gears at the end. Obviously, you've got flight control there at the end of her fingers. Um, But you want the pads flat and you want maybe the bars slightly tilted up. You don't want it tilted down because, again, that's more pressure on the wrist, but slightly tilted up is good. Shoulder pad width is really important. Thick shoulder pads, wide shoulder pads is always really good to have the wider, I'm sorry, elbow pads. I keep saying shoulder pads. Elbow pads, you don't want shoulder pads. The wider elbow pads will support the body weight more and you want to make sure that the pad is sitting near the tip of your elbow. You saw there it was where I put my arms on it and it's coming forward. So you want the pad almost supporting right at that elbow. So that's supporting your upper body. Okay. The other thing is seat is so important. If your nose is tilted down, you're going to have a lot of pressure on your upper body and your chest and your shoulders again. So I do recommend um, if you have the right seat, you should be able to have it dead flat or only tilted down about two degrees. Okay, so if you have it tilted down more than two or three degrees, you're going to be falling forward. And again, you're going to have all that pressure on the upper body. So seat tilt is very important. And looking at the back of the seat, make sure the seat is dead straight. The best thing to do is get a block under the front wheel and the back wheel and make sure that it's even so the front and back wheel are sitting level and then look at where your seat is and make sure that it's either dead straight or slightly tilted down. Definitely not tilted up. Tilted up can cause sciatica issues, ischium issues, which for the women is not great, um, but tilted down too much can also cause a lot of pressure on women and men, a lot of pressure on those um, those front um, ischium bones that we sit on when we're time trialling. Okay, we don't sit on our butt cheeks when we're time trialling. We sit forward and you want to make sure it's comfortable in that forward position. You also want to look at from the back that you see the sitting straight. I've often seen the split nose seats where one is slightly tilted down at the tip of the, um, if it's a split saddle, or even if it's a, say, an ISM where it joins at the tip, that one nose of the one side of the nose is slightly tilted down, and that can cause so many issues. I've had so many people have hamstring issues and issues. Um, with um, uh, glutes and hammies and stuff like that. If it's either the seat's too high, but also if the seat is a little bit off kilter. So make sure if you sit crooked that you change your seat a lot because I used to sit to the side and my seat would be slightly tilted to one side and that would cause even more issues with my lower back and stuff. So make sure it's flat. Also make sure that for you, you have the right size frame. It's so important because you should be right on or just in front of the bottom bracket. So you want to have that most power. Okay, and then with pedal stroke, you want to make sure you have a slight bend in your knee, the bottom of the pedal stroke, the best way to practice that is click out of the pedal, put your foot on top of the pedal, pedal around with your foot on top of the pedal. And if you're not tilting your, your hips off the seat and you're just touching the top of the pedal without dropping down on one side, it's probably the right height. If you have a lot of bend in your knee when your foot's clicked out of the pedal and just sitting on top of the pedal, if you have a lot of bend, it's probably too low and often that can cause a lot of issues with quads, okay, and knees. If it's too high, you're probably going to be finding that when you click out and pedal on top of the pedal, and I mean click literally click out of the cleat, so it's just sitting there, go around with a pedal stroke, and then at the bottom, if you're overextending and you have to, like, tilt to one side to reach the pedal, it's too high. That's really, really basic. Um, and, Becky, if you could just throw up this amazing bike fit um, with Ivan O'Gorman. We've got Nancy, one of my former athletes who's 60 years old, going to show slow-mo here. So I'm going to talk you through this. Hopefully you can still hear me. I'm not sure, but I'll talk you through it anyway in case you can. You can see her elbows are fully supported there, slightly tilted up to where her fingers are reaching her shifters, but her elbow pad is almost at where her elbow is. There's almost a 90 degree bend um, from her elbow to her shoulder. It's almost at 90. It's slightly wider, slightly more, which is good and look at that position. Look when her knee, when her leg straightens, you can see just a slight bend and her heels pretty much dropped at the bottom. And that's what you want. You want a full, it's not quite flat. She could drop it a little more, but the idea here is if her heel was flat at the bottom, she wouldn't be overextending. That's actually perfect position cockpit wise, Um, her back. And this, remember you guys, this lady is 60 years old. So that's it. Thank you, Becky. That's actually a really amazing position for someone who's 60. And obviously, as you are younger, more flexible, you can go lower at the front. But I generally recommend starting at five or six um, centimetres or 50 to 60 millimetre drop from seat to handlebars. And then you can slowly increase it. I used to sit at about eight centimetres or 80 mil as I got more 90 or 100 mil drop from that's the top of the seat to the handle to the uh, elbow pads then I would get a lot of back pain. So I always recommend five or six, 50 to 60 millimeters or five or six centimeter drop from saddle to pads. And you can easily measure that. All you just do is just run like a line or a string across and just measure your ruler up to your elbow pads Um, and start with like five or six um, centimeters or 50, 60 millimeters, and then slowly go down. Now, People that are more than 10, they're the guys that are really flexible. You're going to see like Jan Frodeno and Lionel Sanders at like 15 drop. Like that for a newbie is way too much. So I always remember when you are going to the bike fit, like be mindful of that because bike fitters do tend to try and drop you down a little bit lower and um, that's not always good, especially as a newbie. So, okay, so we've talked about bike fit pedal stroke. So dropping your heel at the bottom of the stroke that you saw right there with a little bit of extension but still a bend in the knee. Um, perfect. And then cadence is something we've talked about a lot. So I always recommend around 80 to 82 RPM. I'm even leaning more towards, and this is honestly trial and error of 50 years experience. So don't just say I'm pulling that number out of my butt. Siri and I have coached athletes for a combined years and been high performance athletes and coaches for a combined 50 years. We learnt from one of the best, Brett Sutton, and we have all learned that the best for us efficiency for, and we do mostly coach women, but it works obviously for men as well, is around 80 to 82. And the top female cyclists are around 80 to 82. Some of the men that are a lot leaner and taller can get away with 82, 84, but the average, like Sebastian Kinley, I think he's around 84. Jan Frodeno is around 82, 84. Chrissy Wellington was around 78. Marinda Carfreys around 82, 84. Ellie Salthouse, 82. Ginny's... Jeannie Seymour, I think, is around 82. So they're all, they're all around the 80 to 84 mark. And one thing that I want to bring to play there is that generally the taller, leaner, skinnier build, slightly build athletes can tend to get away with a little higher cadence because they can work at a little higher heart rate, less um, use of muscular power. Those with a more muscular physique and, like, more muscular body, like, say, me with big quads, they can get they get away with a little lower cadence because um, they have that muscular they genetically have that bigger muscular strength in their legs. And Siri, I don't know if you want to chime into that because I know you're listening, but that's a general term. So, if they're someone that, say, I guess my sister's partner, he is six foot two and like 200 pounds, he does about 75 cadence because he's just a beast. Him spinning at 100 RPM is just going to destroy him and his heart rate's going to be so high, but you have to practice. You guys, you have to, and we'll talk about sessions soon, you have to practice that strength and power in your legs by doing big gear work and developing strength in the time trial buyers. Before you then go and change your cadence from, say, 90, you can easily change it from 90 to 85, but if, if for you, if you're a big muscular build and you're really tall and you want to get down to 78, which I think would be better for someone that's much taller and much bigger, uh, more muscle bulk, you're going to have to eventually, you're going to have to do big gear strength work to eventually get down to that um, strength in that lower, lower cadence, but you, you'll be able to feel when you do these race pace efforts that we give some of the sessions I'm going to talk about, you'll be able to feel what's ideal cadence for you, but you also like need to practice the big gear strength work to get that time trial, um, time trial cadence feeling really, really good. So that if you're doing the big gear work at 50, 60 or 70 RPM build into it, so you don't get any knee pain, um, And then your race cadence, you want anywhere from, say, 78 to 84, depending on your build. Um, What else are we going to talk about? So we talked about technique. We've talked about ideal race cadence. Talked about gear. We've talked about bike position. We've talked about time trial versus road bike. Um, I think the last thing that I really wanted to touch on now, I'm going to see if we have any questions. I don't see any coming in right yet, but I don't get to see them if they're on Instagram. So sorry if I missed you. Um, Now, remind me if you want me to go over anything with the setup. Remember, cockpit setup, elbow pad space, and the 90 degrees on your elbow supporting your upper body. The width of your pads is very important to that comfort. You don't wanna be blocked off. Seat height, seat position, tilt. Um, All of that is so important, sitting over the bottom bracket. Oh, one last thing, when you're getting off the bike and you're about to run, spin for about two or three minutes at really high RPM, like 100 RPM, just to get that fast switch fibers going. And your cadence on the run is going to be a lot better because your heart rate is lower from doing a lower RPM rather than 90 to 100 RPM. Your cadence, your heart rate is going to be lower. It's going to use more of the muscular power. Heart rate is going to be lower. You're going to feel com- better coming off the bike. But spin those legs at like 100 cadence before you get off the bike, just so you're flushing them and getting them ready for the run. And when you run out of transition, do like the first like couple of minutes where you've got really fast cadence over-exaggerated that will get that speed going out of transition and it really does work and then drop back to your race pace, but over-exaggerate that cadence getting off the bike for sure. Okay. So key workouts, there's a lot, but we'll go through a few. So obviously big gear strength work is a big one for us. Um, If you've never done big gear work, I recommend doing it in the time trial bars in time trial position to simulate time trial position. Um, do it in the time trial bars. When it says TT bars, it means time trial bars. So do it in the time trial bars as much as you can. You can do a little bit seated, but if you don't have heels, you can do it also on the trainer with really high resistance. Now, I talked to one of my athletes just before and they were saying that, you know, they're doing the 70 RPM, but doesn't really feel that hard. So that means I don't have enough resistance on. If you're doing big gear, it should feel like a squat. Like it should be like the 15th rep of a really hard squat with weight. That's how it should feel when you're pedaling to get strength. And that is why we do sport specific strength. Sports-specific strength is stuff like big gear work on the bike, do it in the time trial bars. If you've never done it before, I recommend we usually start with 5 to 10 by 1 minute at like 70 RPM, which is 70 revolutions per minute, which is your cadence. And it should feel like a big gear grind with power all through the pedal stroke. And if that's starting to hurt your hamstring, your seat's probably too high. If you're starting to feel it in your quad, your seat might be too low okay, or if you're getting lateral pain or medial pain, it could be because your cleat position, okay, your cleat position needs tweaking, all right, so you have to have the cleat sitting in a good position so that you're not getting any knee pain whatsoever, so you might just need to adjust your cleat position. I also recommend talking about cleats, guys, have your cleat as far back, I'm pulling down here to show you, have your cleat as far back as possible, okay, this is your cleat, so this is my hand, if you can see, have your cleat back as far as possible because that will allow you to bring your foot forward and you want to have um, your the bone bony part of your big toe. You want to have this, I forget what it's called, but that should be right equal with the axle of your pedal for maximum power. A lot of the time I see people towing their pedal stroke and it's just because their cleat is too far forward and they're towing their pedal stroke. So bring the cleat back as far as you can, that's going to get you the best time trial position. That's very different to road cycling. You can get away with towing your pedal stroke a lot more, but have your cleat right back. Okay, so I got a little lost there. So big gear work, start with 10 to 15 by one minute at 70 RPM, then drop down to 65 RPM, 60 RPM, 50 RPM, build up to two minutes, three minutes, five minutes, 15 minutes. And ideally what we do now with our guys that are conditioned to this, we might do 30 minutes worth of big gear work and they might do... 10 minutes at 70, 10 minutes at 60 RPM, 10 minutes at 50 RPM, all in the bars on their trainer with really big resistance. And I'm talking like most of them will sit at three to four watts per kilo if you want to talk numbers because you're all like, what's the power? The power is going to be lower because your cadence is lower. But a lot of the top guys will be doing like four watts per kilo for the big gear work because they're grinding it out that much. It should feel like a big gear grind. Siri always says that big gear grind and then build up. And you want to be doing that at least, I would say, once a week for sure. And build up to like 30 minutes, even 60 minutes of big gear strength work. Go and find a hill to do it. Stay in your time trial bars. Even if you're like Chrissy Wellington used to do her, um, she'd ride up Harvey in her bars with her butt off the seat so she still had the power of her body weight. That is a great way still if you want to stay in the time trial bars and develop strength in the time trial bars. So that's One of our key sessions, the other key session that I love to give even off-season and during during season, but off-season maybe only once a month, is like VO2 max type stuff. And people say, well, why are you doing VO2 max work Um, for an endurance athlete that races for 9 to 16 hours or 8 to 16 hours? Because the higher your VO2, the better oxygen availability you have the higher your aerobic threshold and your anaerobic threshold. And you want to be working as high and close to your aerobic threshold as you can. And VO2 will lift that up. So we do do stuff like, and this is all been Greenfield science behind this, three key ways to get up your VO2. One of my favorites um, is the the, um, Tabata, which is 20 on, 10 off, like 20 flat out, 10 still moving, eight times through. Okay, that's four minutes worth. And if you feel like you haven't quite gone to the tank, you do two sets worth, but do four to eight minutes easy in between. But the key is four minutes worth of 20 20 seconds, flat out 10 seconds easy. That's one type way to lift your VO2. The second way is four minutes max effort at above your FTP, four minutes easy. And another way, which Siri does all of this already. I don't know if she knew the science behind it. She probably did without even realizing, but she does all of this with her athletes. I'm giving away all our secrets here is like 10 times a minute hard, a minute easy. And the hard is like nine out of 10, the easy is like a five out of 10. We base all of ours on RPE and effort. That's another conversation. And I can argue that point with anyone who wants to, but we don't really work necessarily focusing on power. We always focus on effort for many, many reasons and we look at the power afterwards. So that's three ways to lift it. Okay, the other session is obviously your long endurance ride to get your aerobic conditioning in your heart and your lungs and your legs. You've got to be doing your long rides. And then the fourth one would be your race pace efforts. Okay. And they increase in distance as you get fitter and closer to the race. You And then you cut back as you get even closer to the race. But you want to build up from three minutes of race pace effort or just above. Go to five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, an hour. Um, the other thing you can do is your 20 minute FTP test. I know we're not talking numbers, but a 20 minute max effort test will be a good way to see where you're at. Don't look at the numbers, look at them after. And that gives your coach a good guide too. But um, they would be the four key workouts that I would suggest. Um, and again, you're not going to do any of this very well if you don't have a good bike setup. So what I went through before is really important. So I think that's about all. I can't see any questions, Becky. I don't know if you can see any but what I'm going to do is I am going to, if anyone is listening, I'm going to give away one of these right now. This is a world championship um, uh, Rudy Project trucker official, if you qualified. So if somebody wants to type in um, that they want it, I will send it to you right away. You can just DM me your address if anyone's still listening. I think Rebecca's on and Karen's on. And um, Okay, Danny, oh, she didn't say anything, but she's asking a question. Um, first person to say they want this trucker, say yes, and I will send it to you. Um, I'll send one to you, Danny, because you're on here listening for the whole time. And then if you're listening after, so apart, after Labor Day, which today is the uh, 5th of September, if you're listening afterwards, DM me, I was listening to your podcast and I want to win because I want you to listen the whole way through. So I think it's very beneficial. I want you to DM me if you're listening after the 5th and tell me um, you want the trucker, okay, and I'm going to send you an official world championship trucker. There you go. Oh, Danny, you've already got that hat. Okay, so whoever writes next yes, then Danny, if you want a visor, I can send you that too. Um, tips on, let's see, what's Danny asking you? Let me show. Tips on executing a bike course versus something flat, or a hilly bike course versus something flat. Um, okay. That's great. And that's where cadence is so important because, um, if you're focusing on power and, um, numbers and heart rate, it's really not the best thing to focus on for something that has, like I say, an undulation because your heart rate's going to spike. Your, your power numbers are going to come up and come down and it's just going to be hard to keep that steady. But the one thing you can try and keep steady is, and obviously it will drop down with a really steep hill, is try to stick to a good cadence and focus on just using your gears to um, to keep the similar cadence. So if it's an undulating course, and obviously um, don't get out of the bars too early, I see a lot of people change gears at the bottom of the hill, drop their chain into the small ring and then sprint up the hill and then their heart rate goes really high and then they take off too fast and their cadence is too high and their gears too easy. I recommend gradually changing your gears as you're going up the hill and you've got to remember that and this is such a silly tip, but sometimes I think it's really important people don't realize is if you're dropping from the big ring to the small ring, and I know, Danny, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to newbies here. If you're dropping, say, Karen Peterson, if you're dropping from the big ring into the small ring, you can't clunk and put pressure on the pedal as you're doing that or you're going to snap the chain or drop the chain. Remember, you've got a soft pedal, almost a little soft pedal. And it sounds like a crazy tip, but if you're going from big ring to small ring, really soft pedal for like, honestly, half a second so you're not clunking the chain and giving the the chance of the chain breaking or something, that, but also if you're in the easiest gear at the back of your chain ring, like on your cassette, right? So you have an 1125 or 26. If you're in the easiest gear, if you're in like the 25, right? And then you quickly drop into the small ring, like that's not good either. Okay. Because that's a lot of pressure I would drop down and then you're going to be spinning way faster because you've gone from big ring to small ring I recommend dropping down at the back three or four down to say the 16 or something and then dropping into the small ring so just try, and the thing is if you're focusing on cadence and RPM and that same effort on the pedal that is going to help a lot with getting over those hills without with getting the right feel so I always say try and pre um preempt the heel but also make sure that you're using your gears the whole time and like if if you've gone over the course you'll know okay I need to get into my small ring now but remember like if you're going to go to the small ring like change it at the back and I know this is this is not news to some people but change it at the back drop it down a little bit so you're not flicking straight into an easier gear so um, it's not good to cross chain either and cross chaining is basically cross chaining is basically going big ring at the front and littlest ring or the well, the biggest actually chain ring at the back and you're cross chaining. So you're in the big, say the 53, then you're in the 25, like your chains cross, like that is a lot of stretch on the chain. I don't recommend that either. Never go into that type of gear. So use your gear, focus on cadence um, and just kind of, hopefully you'll know the course and you'll know to gradually change your gears and get that adaption as you go up rather than drop into the small ring and just sprint up it. So I'd say stay, in the saddle, in the time trial bars, as long as you can to keep your heart rate down, stay seated as long as you can to keep your heart rate down. If it's a hilly course where you're, and tell me if this is helping, Danny, if it's a hilly course where there's little hills that you can get up and over without really getting your heart rate up, um, that's when you want to maybe push over in the bigger gear and push over the top of the hill and come back down. But I think it's so important here to really focus on cadence and RPM. And um, that should be what you're looking at rather than heart rate and numbers. So hopefully that helps. No one's typed in yes yet. So I'm going to wait until... This is replayed um, and maybe someone will watch it and um, type in yes and I'm going to send you guys a trucker. But also you can see across the bottom here, and thank you, Danny, for that, um, you can see that you have a chance of winning a $2,000 coaching package. Um, if you need the link, let me know. But the link is also uh, actually maybe, Becky, you can put the link in the comments. I don't know if you have it. I don't have it. Um, the link in the comments to win the $2,000 uh, coaching package. But if you go to my Instagram at Team Serious Try Club, Um, If you go to my Instagram, you now have a chance at Tim Serious Tri Club uh, to win a two thousand dollars coaching package. Or just go to Tim Series Tri Club uh, here on Instagram um, or on Facebook. there. you should be able to find it there. I think it's pinned. I'm pretty sure it's pinned on both. Um, And all you have to do is enter your email and phone number and name and address, not address, name, email, phone number, and you will go in the drawer to win um, a $2,000 coaching package. Um, also, if you join this month, there's a free, every every month we, we give away a free plan value to anywhere from $100 to $200, sorry, $40, $50 to about $200. And this month, you guys are getting a 5k run plan for free. Um, we usually sell that for 50 bucks. So you guys, anybody that's in the club or joins will get, thank you, Becky. There we go. There's a link to enter right there. Um, anybody that joins, so copy that if you want you guys. Um, anybody that joins um, this month um, will get a 5K run plan. Um, hell, if you're listening to this now and you think, oh, that's great. And it's $37 to join, you're getting a $50 plan. You can cancel anytime. There's no strings attached. Um, I'm going to throw in, it if you're listening and you want this, an eight week training plan as well eight week training plan, which is valued again, and I think at $99. So there you go. There's 150 bucks value right now if you want to join our club. And we do live chats, um, live workouts. Um, We do live chats every Monday. Today is on social, but we do private group live chats. And we have, of course, our amazing Bond Cycling, 40% off. Rudy Project, 40% off. Okay. We have F2C Nutrition, 25% off. Zone 3, 40% off so many amazing discounts, just as good as being, you might as well be pro with the discounts that we offer. So no more questions. Um, Danny, I hope that helped. Um, great. Um, but if you have questions and you're watching this on a replay, please just tag at Rebecca Keat and I will make sure that I answer them for you. Um, thank you, Becky Knott for being on here with me, my amazing executive assistant. She is my right arm couldn't do it without her. One thing, a shout out to you, Becky, and my amazing wife for joining too. I can see series on here making comments. Um, but thanks for joining. And yeah, let us know if you have questions, just DM me or tag me and I will get back to you. Thanks, guys. Have a good, happy Labor Day. Have a good, have a good Monday night. Bye.